Welcome to The Clarity Call, a podcast which provides encouragement and guidance for parents overwhelmed with the responsibilities of raising a child with special needs or has a medically complex diagnosis. Gain an enlightening perspective that helps dispel feelings of fear, uncertainty, or exhaustion as you venture into a life of peace, joy, and clarity. You're now on The Clarity Call with Alicia and Kimberly. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Clarity Call. We hope you've had a fantastic week. We're going to jump right back in with the second half of our interview with Sean Frainer. Enjoy! That actually is a great shift into um, the next, one of the next questions that we had for you about um, how you help caregivers or your kids or your family members, whoever you're helping in your world, um, engage with their village, like how you found your village. Do you help other people find their village as well as boundaries? You know, where do boundaries come into your world? Boundaries is hard for me, actually. That's probably something that I continually work on. Um, because I feel that if I can do it, I will do it. Even sometimes at the detriment of myself. But if, if it's humanly possible for me to do something, I will do it no matter what, even if it's sacrificing for myself. So this year I've had to actually, I'm really working on that situation and trying to make that a little bit better. Um, this is my year of uh, specific self-care year, but, um, I think that for us and our family, we have really bonded well with creating our village and helping each other, um, whether it's been helping you know, our daughter through um, the heart transplant, taking care of our grandson. We took care of him. We had um, her dogs for two years because where she lived, she couldn't have dogs. Um, she was living in an apartment in Salt Lake. And so, you know, we've had to take care of dogs. We've had to, you know, take care of grandkids. Every other week I drove to Salt Lake every weekend for probably a year um, just so I can bring my grandson up there and then back and then we'd keep him for a week and he'd go up. But I think that it's really important that each unit, each situation, each person that's dealing with this finds the appropriate people that they can trust in situations because I think trusting who you're dealing with is really important um, in situations. But you've got to find your village. And whether that village is people in your church or people in your family, not everyone has a great family unit that they can trust and use. Some can. Um, but there's going to be people that you can use. Your village may be huge or maybe smaller. But I think it's really important that you know who those people are that you can go to. Yeah, and you have to put in the effort to find them as well. You know, like they're not a lot of times just going to show up. Like you have to build those connections and you have to, it's challenging. And correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you can share experiences where reaching out and asking for help, especially as women, we tend to struggle with that. That is really, really hard. I think that for me is the hardest because we can, as women or myself personally, I can do everything. I can, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing Same. I can't do. <laughs> honestly, there's nothing I can't do. So when I do need help, I, I've really gotten into, you know, with my husband in his situation, he can't fix things around the house. And so I've decided <laughs> there's nothing I can't fix. 
So if there's a YouTube video on it, I fixed my air conditioning unit. I've changed out major parts and we went, I think our air conditioning unit was broken for six months and it was just super expensive to fix or to replace. And I ended up just getting on YouTube and learning about it and fixing it myself. And I fixed hot water heaters and I fixed broken dishwashers. My husband can't turn a screwdriver because his hand dexterity is really bad. And so he stands back and watches me and he's your cheerleader. Yes, he always is. And he just laughs at me because um of your swears. Some projects (laughs) some projects required (laughs) top shelf curse words and um, I love yeah. that about you. I love it. Because you're my type of I lady. Just, I'm the same. I fix things. We've always done things, change the oil, do all this stuff. And so I just love it when you say that. I'm like, oh, wow, top shelf swear words. <laughs> yeah, it was a top shelf one. I shocked myself um, changing something in the hot water heater. And it required. And my husband just giggled and laughed because I don't usually use top shelf curse words, but this was situation required it so that is so funny you are so funny hey so you made a mention just a second ago about this year so we want to talk to you for just a second take us through what brought you to these years you're explaining a little bit your versions we want to know about the versions of sean (laughs) so every birthday year and i everyone should do this i swear i think that's just been the best thing for me But every year, just like a software program has an upgrade, um, and you usually keep those upgrades, and then you build upon it, and you have something new. So every birthday, I have a new version. And this year, um, Sean Trainer version 5.2 is all about self-care. So I have really spent um, this year really focusing on making myself um, a better, taking care of myself. I had put on some weight, you know, COVID has done some wonders for all of us, Mm -hmm. but I have lost 22 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really super excited about that. Awesome. Um, I've just done a lot of different things, started some meditation, just trying to take care of me and setting time aside for myself. I do a lot of caregiving and I need to do things that um, fill up my own reserve so I can take care of others. And so I've really, so Sean Frainer 5.2 is all about self-care. Now I have had previous versions that I've tried to keep. Um, version 5.1 was all about survival. So that was really the COVID year. So that was surviving COVID. It was basically you were in survival mode and um, that was, a very boring upgrade, but it was successful. <laughs> I did survive. Did you eat a lot Necessary. of ice cream? What was your survival tips? So, you know, I, I struggle with my love language is serving others and we no longer could go out and help people. And so I really struggled. I also hug. I'm a very huge hugger. I love to hug. And mm-hmm. You know, there was this distancing that you couldn't hug people anymore and you couldn't see people and I couldn't really go and help people. And I really struggled with all of those things in trying to stay mentally healthy while being distant from people. And so it really, my survival mode was really bonding more so with my husband than ever, than we have ever had. Mm. We are better friends than we've ever been. Uh, We've spent all of our time together. 
all of our, you know, I work um, outside of the home. And so I do that. But besides that, we are together all the time. And I think that a really good base that, that happened in version 5. Point, um, that was 5.1. And so I think that that really came about in that version of survival mode. And I we learned to even more so depend on each other. And that's where that's where that year went. And see, I so think I, I learned you. At, I think I learned you at 5.0. Oh yeah, so Please. that's 5.0. Tell us about 5.0. It was yeah. a big one. So version 5.0, I turned 50 that year, and 50 is a scary year because 50 means you're old somehow, <laughs> and I don't feel old, and I didn't want to be old. And I feel very young. And so 5.0 was, I was really nervous on what that one was going to do to myself. And so I really wanted version 5.0 to be all about adventure. I wanted to do 50 adventures um, in my 50th year. So I never concentrated on being old. I always did adventures. So I started my very first adventure that year was taking a fire eating class in San Francisco. (laughs) And so... I actually went to San Francisco, took this class, and I actually can eat fire. And I have taught myself since then koi balls. Um, I have fire fans. I've done fire performances. I entered a local talent show. They asked me to be in the talent show, and I did a, a fire show, which is so funny because it has it's just a weird thing. And so, anyhow, that that's been a really fun thing that I've done. I, I love have, your costume, by the way. <laughs> yes, I make my own costume. <laughs> I I did, um, you know, axe throwing. I'd never done an axe throwing class. I went on a hot air balloon ride. I've never done that before. Bobsledding, rode a camel, um, ate jungle bugs, which were really gross. I would not recommend those, <laughs> but it was really fun. That's <laughs> the one. So. That was- that one yeah, was they're so disgusting. They were dehydrated jungle bugs. Um, you could order them on Amazon. I just thought that would be a really weird, fun thing to do. I don't know why, but I decided to do that. And so I, um, another thing which was an adventure for me, but as you know, as you can hear from my story, um, um, organ donation is very important in our family because Gerald for, or I'm sorry, for my grandson to live, he had to receive the precious gift of a heart from someone else. Anyhow, so in my 50 years of adventure, I also donated my kidney to somebody that I didn't know. Um, so I also did organ donation for that. Um, anyhow, just lots of different things that I did in those adventure years. My version 4.9 was all about service. I did meaningful service. Uh, one meaningful act of service every week and recorded that. I think 4.8 was all the year of gratitude. And I kept a gratitude journal and write everything I was grateful for. So just every year, I just reflect on my life to see what can I improve? What do I need to improve on? Mm-hmm. So, so I can copycat you? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, because I'm so going to. She's just given us yeah. a new tool for our tool belt, I know. everybody. I'm so excited. Yeah. Like this year, I did. I'm like, 48 is going to be great. 48 is great. And we started on my birthday. We did an aerial silk class. I'm like, that was the best. And I know you've done it because you've done it in a unicorn costume or the pole dancing. Oh, well, no. <laughs> I took a pole dancing class and then videoed my pole dancing routine while I was wearing a pink unicorn costume. Yes. So... 
Like the blow up costume yes. people, the one that, the blow up yeah. costume. <laughs> yes. And it was not pretty. It was not a, oh, it a was. pretty performance. It was so fun to it watch. Was, yeah, it was one to remember. Oh, so yeah, if there's it. something crazy out there, I'll do it. So So tell me yeah. what the highlight of all like what was what's the what's the number one like oh, I'm so glad this changed my world. Like, what's your one big bam in life? doesn't matter what it is, like what experience, what that was just for the good, like I'm so glad I had that opportunity or that experience. Um, I would, I don't know that I've had one great. Of all the upgrades, you know what I mean? Because people say, oh, this upgrade or, or experience in any one of them. Is there just one big light bulb out there that's like, for, for me, I think the thing that I am, for myself personally, the most um, grateful for the opportunity was the opportunity to do an organ donation, okay. to donate my kidney. I feel like it was one way that I could pay back the sacrifice. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. It is emotional. That was one way that I could pay back the sacrifice that someone else gave for our family right. to be able to move forward. And so for me to be able to donate my kidney to someone else, I felt like that was just one way to pay it forward, which I wasn't paying it forward. I was paying it back, but I started the journey into that, not knowing anyone involved in it. Um, I went into it wanting to donate for a friend of a friend of a, you know, somebody down the road that I've seen on Facebook and uh, we've become friends. You know, she does not have my kidney because even though we were compatible, there was something that wasn't. And so I donated in her behalf to somebody else and their person donated to her. And so, um, and so even the gentleman that does actually, um, carry my kidney with him you know I know who he is and I just for me that was a part of my uh, life experiences that I'm just glad that I am healthy enough able enough Um, it was something that made my husband nervous he was not really super excited about me donating because I am his caregiver and he was nervous that that was going to affect that and so I worked really hard to make sure that Um, I was, I came through that like a champ, but I just, you know, I guess for me trying to always stay upbeat, be a happy person, um, grow through my challenges, helping other people. I just, I don't know. I just find that all of those things help me through life every day. And again, I'm not perfect. I again, struggle a lot with depression. I have panic attacks probably on a weekly basis, um, that I have. Um, what works you but, through those the you best? Know, what What do you do the, that helps you, that you feel helps you the most getting through those particular things? Depression. And I know, I know for, well, all of them have different, it depends on what I'm dealing with, um, have different coping mechanisms that I deal with, whether it's depression or anxiety or my panic attack. So like a panic attack, I know that I will survive. Um, that's, that's key to me is knowing that it's not going to be the end. So for me, getting through those, just knowing that I can get through it. Also knowing that I have medication, that if it gets to a certain level, that I no longer can stay, can control that with breathing or with relaxing or with trying to distract myself with something else. I do know that I have medication that I can take that will work within 30 minutes. 
and I'm not afraid to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I just know it's okay. Right. It's fine to take medication. Um, with depression, um, that ebbs and flows a lot for me. If I start finding myself too many days in or, you know, if I go too long into a depressive situation and I can't, you know, use my coping skills to get out of it with serving others or with talking about it, I, I do really well with talking about things. If I can't work through those that way, I know I can take medication and I'm not afraid of it anymore. Mm-hmm. I accept it. I accept it as okay, where before I would not accept that. It was not okay. I would not accept medication because you can always fix it. And I have learned you can't fix always. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to be on medication and it's okay. Doesn't mean you're less of a person. And so I've accepted that and I'm okay with that. And I go on medication if I find that I need it. And it helps um, you to be I'm the very, best you. And that's what I've learned about yeah. it is it's, it's hard for me to think I have to take thyroid medication, but as much as I want to get off it, it does help me, like you're saying in the acceptance that, oh, it just helps me be even better me. And right. I like me yeah. and that helps me even be better me. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I just, you know, and it's day by day. It's we, you know, I, I talk things through. I'll I'll talk to my husband about it if I'm really having a hard time. Um, he, you know, doesn't necessarily even understand it as much as what I deal with, but he is a really great listening ear. So that's been helpful. Um, and I've been able to help a lot of other people with it because I understand it more so. And it's really hard when people don't understand depression, anxiety, panic attack. You know, all of that thing. They it's harder for them. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's that, that is one that I know gets a lot of people. And so that's why I wanted, I wanted you to expound on that a little bit. I, I have some kids that struggle and I, I mean, I have had periods of life where I've had those things. And like you're saying, when we have diagnoses, when we have some of those things, it kind of gives a shock to our system. Unless of course we're celebrating the diagnosis, but at the same time <laughs> we, you know, sometimes it is a shock and you kind of have to sit with it for a minute and feel the feelings and, and that is a challenge, but to actually have clinical diap- or depression or anxiety is, um, I, is just something I can't necessarily re- relate with either. And so I, I, like you, I remember when the doctor gave me some medication for anxiety because of some really intense situations we were going through with a divorce or things with cops, you know, lots of things. And I remember when the cops called me and I said, well, the doctor gave me some medicine a while ago should I take that now before you come? And they're like, probably a good idea, you know? <laughs> but you know, you just, like you're saying, when you're just used to having to be in control and in charge, and I had all these little people, I wasn't going to take medication and not know how I was going to function and perform. And I didn't like that feeling. So I was scared about that. For me, for me, it was a situation where if it's a broken bone, I can see that. You can show it to me. You can prove it. But with depression and anxiety, there's not, they can't show me that you have it. So you should be able to fix it yourself. And that's what I struggled with is you just cowboy up and deal with it and you just get better. And I, once I finally accepted that it was okay and that I was still normal. And, you know, now I think that it's not as taboo as it used to be. I think people talk about it more and I think it's more accepted and it's more um, acknowledged now that, but it used to not be. And, yeah. And I, I, if those were hard years, you know, so mm, yeah. one of my mottos, I told you my motto, fake it till you make it. But the other one that's gotten me through life is I can do hard things. Yes. And I know no matter what in life, 
no matter how hard it is, no matter how hard the diagnosis is, no matter how hard the caregiving is, I know I can do hard things. I know it. I know I can. I've proved it to myself over and over. And I can, and I know every time I'm in a hard situation and sometimes I'll purposely put myself in a hard situation just so I can prove myself that I have the mental ability to get through it. So I just did, um, a girlfriend of mine for our birthday wanted to do a, a neither one of us run, so we'll never do a marathon. <laughs> oh, I watched but this. Yes. <laughs> we, Gosh. we wanted to hike a marathon in a day. So we hiked 26.2 miles in one day. It was a long day. Um, but I wanted to know that I had the mental ability to do it. And so we had, we were finished. Well, we weren't finished. We got back to our car and we still had three miles left. And I was done. My feet were just hurting. I had bliss. I had 15 blisters on my feet. Oh, I was just tired. It was 15 hours into this hike, but we had three more miles to do. And we would not quit. I would not quit. I'm like, we will finish this because I need to know that I can do it. And we finished it at 11 o'clock at night and I got 26.2 miles in and I know I can do hard things. And I just, so, so obviously I did that to myself, but I knew I could do it. And I knew that I could be mentally tough enough to do it. What did you have to tell yourself in that moment when you're sitting at the car, knowing you had three hours left or three miles left? What did you say? Well, at that point, I, I knew I just couldn't quit. I knew I couldn't quit. I knew I was so close. I was so close. I just couldn't quit now. But I think that the girlfriend of mine that I was hiking with, if she would have said, this is close enough, I felt like maybe I would have broke. Like (laughs) maybe, maybe I would have agreed because every step hurt so bad Mm -hmm. every step because I had so many blisters on both feet I was in the wrong shoes I didn't um anyhow but I think I would have quit because if she would have given me just a sliver but she wanted to quit at 10 miles and I said there is no (laughs) way I'm pulling your butt through this honey let's go (laughs) right there's no way and so she knew at 10 miles that I was not quitting and so she did not even think to say we were close enough because she knew I was not going to quit. But I think that last three miles, if she would have said, Sean, is this close enough? And I would have probably said, yes, <laughs> but nope. We took our packs off. We changed shoes. I wore flip-flops the last three miles. Oh my gosh. And wow. I know, <laughs> On a hike. but we finished it. Yeah. Oh, so cool. it was, but I do things like that because I like to make sure that I remind myself that I can do hard things in no matter what situation. And that is a situation I voluntarily did a hard thing, but that translates in my mental health. That translates to, I can do hard things in anything that comes my way, whether it's, you know, caregiving, whether it's mental health for myself, whether it's just all of the many things, you know, with my family, it's pulled in a lot of different directions on trying to help and take care of our village. I know I can do all of it because i do hard things. I love There's nothing too hard for me. Because I mean, we keep saying everything is figure outable and you are such a shining example of that. I can do this. I can figure this out. And everybody, I hope that you really hear how 
you really can figure anything out. You can do hard things. You can fake it till you make it. And as I'm reflecting on my journey, as you sharing with us your mantras, you know, I am able to look back and Alicia and I have said on our podcast several times, if you want what they have, do what they do. And that's how you started your journey. You know, you were able to look at people that you admired and pull yourself out of your victim self and practice, practice, practice becoming who you wanted to become. And that is so, so admirable. And we just are so grateful that you are such a beautiful human that's willing to be authentic and share your story and show up for all of us that need the encouragement and the example that you're willing to provide. So thank you so, so much. We are so grateful for you. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you're just waiting to share with us? What's your next adventures? Anything exciting on on the horizon? So so actually after my 26.2 marathon hike, um, we are preparing in um, June to hike rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Wow. So it's it's about 22. I I needed to make sure that I had the mental fortitude to get out of the Grand Canyon. Because once you get in... (laughs) You have to hike back out. Uh-huh. You need to get a hold of dad because my dad and my brothers did that. Or yeah. My dad and my brother did. They did it with my uncle Jim, my mom's side of the family. Yeah. So call dad. He'll totally give you all the tips because they did it <laughs> yeah. a couple years ago. I, I have learned. Uh, I'm going with a friend who has hiked it also oh. already. Oh, good. And um, yeah, because, you know, those types of things I need to make sure that I survive. But <laughs> yeah, I'm so that's the next current adventure that's planned really quickly. Um, my son and I are also hiking Wheeler Peak in Nevada, um, actually Memorial Day weekend. And so we're going to do that hike before kind of another prep hike for me before Grand Canyon. But awesome. Yeah, there's Mole a sign skin. I hear. Moleskin. Uh, yeah, well, I used moleskin for the last oh. one and it didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just kidding. Well, you're figuring it out. Yeah. See, <laughs> I, I am figuring it out. I have bought new shoes with like better, better shoes. I've bought toe socks. I've bought squirrel nut butter to put on my feet. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. So, yeah. Good. So, yeah, that's the, the new, the closest one to what's going to happen for an adventure is rim to rim. Awesome. So. Great self-care. Okay. Yeah. That's great self-care. I love it. Yeah. We'll just. My husband really, really wants to go on that hike, but he can't hike anymore. And mm-hmm. he would never, he's so sad. He's a was a very athletic person. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard for him sometimes that I am, you know, still active and he's not. And so he's like, I think I can do it. And I'm like, honey, you can't. It's just really sad when you know that there's things that they can't do. I wish you could um, take him along with you on like a GoPro or, you know, something where he's like there, but not there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I, I think I can do it. Oh, I'm gosh. like, honey, I know. Oh, I can't carry I don't think you. I, can. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't think I can carry you out. He's got some scoliosis going now in his back, and so he walks very crooked and stoops, you know, has the Parkinson's stoop and the the shuffles, and I'm like, honey, you're not good, but he was a runner. I mean, that's what he did, and so it's really hard to see his physical abilities being taken from him by this disease, but Mm. what God's given us, and we're just going with it, so. Wow. Oh, Sean, you are a remarkable soul. Seriously, I... You back in when you were in your 50 year and before that even, but I just remember thinking, I'm going to be like Sean and, uh, <laughs> and I have gotten much stronger over the years and I, it's just so exciting. It is exciting. So, yeah. well, I always say, uh, there was a thing that I put on my Facebook page. It says, when I grow old, 
They're never going to say, what a sweet old lady. They're going to say, what on earth is she up to now? (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) I love it. Well, we we close by reminding everybody that the quality of your life, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. And then Alicia came up with a very unique, would you rather just because of Sean's experience? Yes. And you get to answer first. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Would you rather eat your jungle bugs again or artificially inseminate the cow because she has done both people yes i did do a pregnancy check on a cow and that was really gross too (laughs) oh the pregnancy i didn't realize yeah it was a pregnancy check because that cow was pregnant so if i were to choose one of those two gross things that i've done i would probably (laughs) do a pregnancy check on the cow again before eating those jungle bugs really oh wow Cause that yeah. was, that was, I mean, I, those were the two that I remember I laughed so hard because you are so animated in all of your experiences, I am. but I, am. I remember thinking if that were me, oh my gosh, like, yeah, those were the two that really got me. So I thought, I wonder what she'd do again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not realize for all you, the, all of the listening pleasure that you do a pregnancy check through the bum hole. <laughs> so I didn't know that. <laughs> So I didn't know my arm was going in through the bum hole. I thought it was going in through the baby delivery hole, but no, that is not where you do a pregnancy check from. And so that was pretty smelly. Yeah. Lifting up this cow tail. It's, it is so funny. We're going to have to, if if people are listening, they're going to want to look at you on Facebook. So I hope you're not just a private soul on Facebook, but, but you are remarkable. And so so I would do a, I would do a pregnancy check over eating dehydrated jungle bugs. What would you do, Alicia? I don't know, really. Oh. Like, I think I'm brave enough to do either. I really am. But um, but I, I'm kind of a little intimidated by cows, I think, because they're so big. I don't know. And I just, I, I just think going in through that spot and all that comes out that spot, it just makes me a little bit leery. So I might have to try the bugs, but I don't know. I'm, I'm checking the cow because I'm not eating bugs. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, those, that crunching, the crunching ew. of those bugs in your mouth is forever, huh? Mm. You're feeling that. I'm going to have to send you some jungle bugs now. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Sean, you are such a delight. And, you know, we may have to check back in with you in a year and see what your year of self-care ended up like, because we talk yeah. so much of self-care. So important. So if everyone else doesn't already scoop you up after this one, <clears throat> we're going to check back in with you for sure and see how your Sounds adventures good. are going. But right. thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Reach out, uh, give rating and review on this one. And uh, we'll see you again. Yeah, next have time. a good week, everyone. You've been listening to The Clarity Call with Alicia and Kimberly. Find additional episodes of the program on any popular podcast app or search Apple iTunes. You may also subscribe to The Clarity Call to catch every episode. If you've enjoyed the content of this podcast, we invite you to share it and please leave a rating and review of our program. If you'd like to connect with Alicia and Kimberly on social media, you can find them on Instagram as The Clarity Call or on Facebook under Clarity Call. They can also be reached by email at theclaritycall at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and supporting our program.